1: Welcome into the Bottom Line News Radio, 610 KNA. It's Tuesday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number to get involved. Also via email, 610 knacom the bottom line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter as well, at Bottom Line 610, and on Parlor at the Bottom Line 610. Robin Ed with you and joining us on the line. From the 8th Legislative District, Representative Brad Clippert. Good afternoon to you, Representative Clipper. Thanks for your time. Good afternoon, gentlemen. So a- an interesting day as uh, a few hours ago... We learned of a petition uh, that was circulating that had gathered, uh, at least at that point, around 1,000 signatures calling for the removal of school resource officers from the Richland School District. Uh, As someone who has made a career in law enforcement, and at the current time you also are a school resource officer as well as a legislator. Uh, talk to us a little bit, Representative Clifford, about uh, first of all the function of a school resource officer and why they are so vital as far as providing an extra layer of security in the school in the schools themselves.
2: Well, to hear that this is happening absolutely positively shocks me. My personal understanding of this is anyone who would have signed that position simply does not understand what school resource officers do in our schools. Our number one job in this program that started in 1959, our number one job is to build relationships with students. That's what we do all day, every day as we work as school resource officers, is we go into those schools and we build relationships with kids. And I tell you, I've been a school resource officer now for over 20 years, and my kids know that I love them, and I dearly love them, and I would place my life on the line any day, every day, to keep them safe. That's our goal, is to protect our kids and to build relationships with them.
1: So, Representative Klipper, we know that part of this uh, is is a result of the calls that have come over the course of the last few days regarding police as a whole, uh, looking at defunding or dismantling mechanisms for police departments, um, that there is this push that uh, police in general are – corrupt or are racist and the systemic racism exists and all these other things that we have we have been uh we've been hearing over the last few days um you would think that for those that want to make sure that their children have an added layer of safety uh, particularly when schools are gun-free zones and so on and so forth that if there were any particular issues to arise they would feel comfortable having someone with Experience who is trained in de escalating situations as well as in first response to be there to be the first line of defense,
2: you know, and absolutely. And one of the things that I've been criticized in the last couple years for um, by law enforcement officers is that that school just depends on you too much, Brad. Because I have built such a great working relationship with the principals that I've worked with. Our goal, each and every time we work with a student who is in crisis is to handle it at the lowest level possible if we're able to handle that student's situation at the school level and not even have to have the law or the RCW become involved that is our goal because the number one pers- purpose for that child being in school is to get a great education and so that's our goal and we mo- work mutually together to help those kids get great educations. and if they have a crisis that involves where school resource officers called in Always. Our number one goal, if at all possible, is to handle it at the school level. And if not, then, of course, we have to use the RCW if the laws have been broken and must be enforced.
1: We're talking with Representative Brad Clippert from the 8th Legislative District here on the bottom line, who is also a school resource officer in light of the petition circulating uh, to remove SROs from the Richland School District.
3: Representative Klippert, uh some of the discussion uh, in in the grand scheme of things has been... The need for more counselors and less law enforcement and those that are interested in this petition uh, to remove SROs from the Richland School District uh, want that want them replaced with more counselors. Maybe you can address that issue, the pros and cons of having more counselors available and fewer law enforcement.
2: Awesome, when you said that, I immediately, when you said counselors, I got a huge smile on my face because I work hand in hand with the counselors, have done so for 20 years, and I and I was I was thinking about our conversation today. I would tell you honestly, probably 85% of my time every day as a school resource officer is spent in counseling kids. I'll be in my office, I'll hear a knock at the door, and the child will come to me and say, Deputy Clipper, can we talk? And for 20 years now, kids have come to me with their family situations, with their personal situations, education problems, planning for their future, and say, Deputy Clipper, can we talk? So I would say, A, I work hand-in-hand as a school resource officer with the counselors, and B, kids to come to me as a school resource officer, and I know the other school resource officers in our school systems do the same, come to them for counseling, so... Uh, that's a huge part of our job as school resource officers. Not that that's what we're trained to do, but that kids know that we love them, we care for them, and their best interest is what we have first. And so they come to us asking us to help them for counseling.
3: Having said that, and maybe playing devil's advocate here, Representative Klippert, uh those that are pushing this idea um, would argue that counselors are not as scary as law enforcement and having uh, law enforcement around is to some a scary proposition
2: so here's here's the thing that i would say to that because i'll say one more time work hand in hand with the counselor so if i see something is above my level above my education although my mat, my bachelor's degree is in behavioral science but then i will go with them to the counselor and we'll sit down with the counselor together and the three of us three of us will talk and if I feel that I need to excuse myself so the kid can be more honest with the counselor, I'll do that. But I, I just want to say one more time, it's not me seeking out those children to counsel them, it's those kids coming to me and saying, Deputy Clippert, can we talk? Because they know they can trust me and they know how deeply I love them and care for them personally. And so that's why those kids come to me, come to me as school resource officer and say, Deputy clippert can we talk?
3: Representative Clipper, you know, we mentioned off the top that this this uh, petition in the Richland School District uh, to remove SROs from that district is clearly a piece of the larger uh, puzzle and, and the discussion that we're having uh, now as, as as a nation, really. In your expert opinion, being in law enforcement and the legislature, where do you see... Things ultimately falling into place. Is it defunding police? Is it uh, you know removing SROs? Is it uh, tweaking the system and and getting more people involved in the discussion? You know where where do we ultimately end?
2: Defunding police and getting rid of school resource officers would be two of the hugest mistakes we could possibly make in this country. If people don't understand that, I, I encourage them. Um, I challenge them, come to the school and walk with me for a day. Come to the school, get the principal's uh, permission and walk with the school resource officer in your school and see exactly what they do every day. Don't take mainstream media's idea of what school resources officers do. Don't take those who are riding in the streets opinion of what school resource officers do. Come to the school and see what we actually do. See how much we love your kids and how much we are watching out for your kids and helping your kids establish for themselves a great future.
3: And we're talking with uh, Representative Brad Clippert, who's also a deputy with the Benton County Sheriff's Department and a school resource officer in the area here on The Bottom Line. Now, Representative Klippert, I've, I've lived here for about two decades
1: now, and, and I can't recall a time where I've heard that there has been an issue with a school resource officer. Maybe there has been, but I can't recall a time that I've heard that in our community there's been an issue with a school resource officer in a school as far as their job or uh, in anything that's, that's interfered with them doing their duties or they haven't done their duties. Is this really an issue about school resource officers and about schools, or is this more... Uh, just, just, just another step in an attack on an institution like policing.
2: I'll go back to my opening comments. I think it's a lack of understanding. There are some issues. Let me, I, I wrote down a bunch of them. I don't know how much time we have left, but I'll just, let me take a couple of months to tell you about a couple of issues that I've had. Sir,
3: a, for we, you, we have all the time in the world. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: So we had an assembly at the school one day, and one of the students' moms came up to me after the school, and she after the assembly, and she threw her arms around me. and. I felt her tears flowing down my neck as she thanked me because the principal and I worked together to help her get her son, who had cerebral palsy, to the hospital to get free surgery done on his legs. Or I'll tell you about the, the other, another issue I had of a young man that I actually had to arrest on a felony because he made felony threats on a teacher. And the first person he sought out when he got out of 14 months in jail in juvenile jail, he came to me and said, Deputy Clippert, I've learned my lesson, I want to change my life, will you help me? And I met him before school every day and I prepared him for a great, successful career in the military and he's still serving today and his stepdad came to me in Olympia this year and said, you changed my son's life. Or the young man who does attend the Christian School District now, who called me this week and said Deputy Clipper, can I work for you? He came to my house yesterday. He worked for 2 hours. He helped me weed eat the neighbors uh weeds with a weed eater and helped me cut kindling for firewood and he walked away with 30 bucks in his pocket for 2 hours of work in my house. Or the young lady who texted me and said Deputy Clipper, can I use you as a resource on my application? I said absolutely yes, and I could go on and on and on with stories of how school resource officers in this community have reached out and blessed and loved the kids in the school district, so to say, there should not be school resource officers in our schools, in the Tri-Cities area, is a huge, huge mistake. They simply do not understand what we do for their children each and every day.
1: It seems, Representative Clippert, that this uh, this rhetoric that we've heard over the last few days is is one more attempt at attacking those in uniform, and trying to create another element of a lawless society. There's a refusal to acknowledge that for every one person that wears a uniform that may not be the best that they can be, there are tens, dozens, maybe even hundreds that are and that even go above the call and above the oath that they have taken. Why do you think this is just I'm just asking your personal opinion, sir. Why do you think that we continue to go back to we have uh, we have elements of society that do not want to have a police force or a police department or individuals that are charged with serving and protecting our community? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. I can't wrap my head around it. But for someone who's been in law enforcement for two decades, why why do you think that this, again, is is becoming so large an issue and seems to be growing in sentiment?
2: So I received a letter in my office the other day from a gentleman who wanted me to respond to his questions. And in his long letter, he wanted me to address inequality and inequity. Inequality and inequity. And I told him, sir, I work on a daily basis. For equality for every single person, I don't care what the color of their skin. Now, inequity is a total different matter because equity means it has to do with numbers, and so that requires personal responsibility and personal accountability. That means I have to work and I have to achieve. And just very quickly, there was a big study done on on poverty. What would it take to prevent poverty? And they said three things: stay in school, get a job. Don't get pregnant until you're married. And so if that takes personal responsibility and accountability. And I would just say that some people um, don't want, maybe they don't want to take personal responsibility and accountability. Um, And so that's the only thing that I can grab at that I would think why there would continue to be this problem, because in this country, every single person has an equal opportunity to achieve greatness. But we can't have equity unless every single person is willing to work for it and earn it themselves.
1: We're talking with 8th District Legislative Representative Brad Clippert here on the bottom line. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Representative Clippert?
2: I just want to thank you, gentlemen, for this time. And I want to thank each and every fellow brother and sister, every first responder who puts on the uniform every day and puts their lives on the line for the communities they work in. You are truly heroes. I love, love you. you. And I appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do for me. Thank you for all that you do for our communities.
1: With that, we'll take a quick timeout. Representative Brad Clipper from the 8th Legislative District joining us here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610-K-1A. As you heard Representative Clipper allude to earlier, for over 20 years he's also been a school resource officer. And there's this on the, on the heels of a petition circulating to remove school resource officers from the Richland School District. Take a quick time out. Back with your thoughts here on The Bottom Line, News Radio 610 KONA.
0: Speak your piece. Call 509 547 1610. More of The Bottom Line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA.
1: Back at the bottom line, News radio 610, K1A 547 If you want to get involved, this Tuesday afternoon. Rob and Ed hanging with you. And on the heels of our conversation with 8th District Representative Brad Clippert, also a school resource officer, we'd like to get your thoughts on our poll question for today. It's at 610-K1A radio and also at bottom line 610. And that is, if SROs were removed from the public school districts in the Tri-Cities, would you think about removing your child or children from the public school system? Hmm. If they removed school resource officers, would you think about removing your children from the public school system? At bottom line 610 at 610 Kona Radio. That's where our poll question is for today. You've got a couple options to answer. We certainly would look forward to seeing uh, what your thoughts would be. And I think that would be an interesting question for some parents. Yeah. I mean, especially in light of COVID 19 and what Which we. Which
3: nobody's talking about anymore, by the way.
1: What? There was a pandemic? <laughs> oh. Um, in light of how many parents decided to take on the challenge of homeschooling, would there be more of an inclination among some of them to just continue doing
3: that if they didn't agree with that decision? I would imagine there would be some. Um, I think that, however, in most cases, I think um, having kids not in a brick-and-mortar school for many Families, um, especially when both parents work and the and the thought is that things will return to normal at some point where both parents, if they aren't working now because of the pandemic, that they will be at some point. They're going to probably feel that they won't be in a position to homeschool uh, that both. Yeah. But, but both parents will need to work um and I think that'll be the case in in many instances. There will be some that uh will take this opportunity or take this situation as an opportunity to say, you know what? Um I like this homeschooling thing. I like having uh this kind of control over my my own kids' education and they'll wanna continue it. Uh I, I think they will definitely be in the minority. Um And I I think this whole situation will add to it. Uh, But I think I think parents were already having that discussion or at least internal discussion, um, you know, over the last few months when school's been out. And this here's what. Here's what to me becomes
1: an even more interesting question in this, and that is. If it were to pass, and I don't think it will. I don't think it will come to pass. I don't think the Richmond School District will do that. I don't think any of the school districts in the Tri-Cities will do that. You would be making a conscious decision to remove an element of security from the schools. Something that people discuss over and over again
3: that they have concerns about. Level of security in schools. Yeah. You would be removing a level. Now, we already know that teachers aren't necessarily in favor of of security. carrying weapons. Absolutely. We've been down that road. So if an incident
1: in a school happens, where does that liability fall then? You made a conscious decision to take out someone trained in de-escalation and in being able to recognize and act on threats like this, and you consciously remove them. Would there be liability that would follow? More of the bottom line after this.
0: The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser.
1: Back at the bottom line, is Radio 610-KONA. The phone number is 547-1610 if you would like to get involved. You can also find us on Twitter, BottomLine610, where our poll question for today is, is if SROs were removed from the public school districts in the Tri-Cities, would you think about removing your child or children from the public school system? Also want to let you know, via email, 610kona.com, bottom line page, name where you're listening, like Roy in Richland reached out to us. What are the concerns of these 1,000-plus residents? Do these parents have issues with the police in the past? Do their kids come home to complain they were caught skipping class, got into a fight, feeling that they're being harassed for being in trouble all the time? These 1,000-plus residents need to see the realization that when a resource officer is not on any given campus, this gives the criminal element the chance to take shape, knowing that there's no resource officer. For example, school shootings. Thanks for the email, Roy. Going to go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KNA. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
3: Uh, it's Jared and Kenwick.
1: What's on your mind, Jared?
3: So,
2: uh, aside from the so the sc- the SROs in the schools, yeah, I would probably move my kid out of the school if there were no SROs. However, the new sex ed bill already did that for me.
1: Well, there you go, one step ahead, and what I tell you, it's appreciate not, the call. Yeah, absolutely, that's that in and of itself is that's a whole other messy thing on the side. Uh, we also got an email from David said concerning the George Floyd murder some questions that need to be asked but which I'm not hearing asked include what made the officers think that level of constraint was needed. There could be several answers to this including the obvious one alternate. I've seen videos of suspects hopped up on drugs having been tased twice with a bullet in them. Fight off as many as four officers. One of the biggest conflicts in the reports surrounding the Floyd situation is whether or not he resisted arrest. Um, the officers that were on the scene claimed that he resisted arrest after they asked him and attempted to remove him from his vehicle. However, the store owner who called the police, uh, the store that Floyd uh, attempted to pass the counterfeit 20, said that none of the video that he had showed that Floyd resisted arrest and that uh, bystanders that were there uh, did not see Floyd resisting arrest either. And according to Minneapolis Police's own... Uh, guidelines, uh, that typical type, the, the type of restraint that was used, the knee on the back of the neck, is only to be used if there is a resist of arrest. So um, it seems that from most accounts, George Floyd did not resist arrest or uh, not to the extent that that would have been necessary. Uh, did second part of the question, did the officers have alternative means of restraining the suspect? If not, why not? If so, why didn't they use them? Uh, well, they certainly did have alternate means of restra- restraining the suspect. Uh, the, the method that was chosen is not the only method that exists to res- restrain a suspect. So they did. Why they didn't use them, we don't know. The only person that can answer that question is the officer that's been arrested and charged with second-degree murder. I believe it's Officer Shau- Chauvin is his last name. Uh, He's the only one that can answer that question, David. Uh, He goes on to say, I don't condone what happened. It was inexcusable. However, these are questions that need to be answered if you want to prevent the situation from happening again. You can't fix things until you know why they went wrong. Defunding the police only gives a handful of protesters a goody-goody feeling and a great many rioters some assurance of success next time. It may be politically expedient, but it is functionally worse than useless unless your end goal is
3: anarchy. Thank you very much, David, for the email we appreciate it and unfortunately for some not many certainly nowhere near a majority but there is a group in this country where yeah anarchy is the end oh, yeah. goal Absolutely. and you know they're they're starting to get what they want in certain pockets of this country and that's unfortunate five four seven one six ten five oh nine five four seven one six ten i wanted to toss this out here um for people to chew on and and you can certainly react to it five four seven one six ten i saw a picture of a of a man holding up a sign that gave me pause so i'm going to throw it out here and and (laughs) we'll see if it gives everyone else pause as well the two main things that we have gone through, experienced, uh, are dealing with right now are the discussion around racism and the COVID nineteen pandemic. Right? Those mm-hmm. are the those are the two biggies. The picture that I saw, and I'm just going to read it: treat racism like COVID nineteen. And there are four steps. You ready? Treat racism like COVID-19. Number one, assume you have it. Number two, listen to experts about it. Three, don't spread it. And number four, be willing to change your life to end it. Thoughts? 547 1610 509 Five four seven, one, six, ten. Number one, I'm gonna throw out the window, right, right Now, as far as uh, part of the problem that I have with what's going on is that you have a lot of, for lack of a better term, white people who do assume that they have it, that they are that they are acting the way they are, out of white guilt. And, you know, maybe some people do have that. I don't know. I am not going to assume I have it because I know I don't have it. I don't. I, I am. I have never, ever, ever had any kind of racist thought. I grew up with, with, uh, with kids in my neighborhood of all different races and colors I have friends of all races and colors. I do not treat people differently because of the color of their skin. I do treat people differently because of their uh, mental capacity. (laughs) I will say that. There's probably a term for that. But to assume that you have it offends me on every level. Now, the other ones we can discuss, listen to the experts about it. Well, we know where listening to the COVID nineteen experts got us. Don't spread it. Okay, I can give. I can get behind that. Be careful of not spreading racism. That's that's always something good to have in the back of your mind. Sure, I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. Be willing to change your life to end it. Well, with me, see number one, um, I don't have it. I'm not. I'm not afflicted with racism, and that's not white privilege. That's not anything. I've lived my life, and I'm very happy with the way I've lived my life. And I don't treat people differently because of their race, skin color, creed, whatever. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
4: Hi, this is Debbie calling from Kennewick. Hi, Debbie. Um, Agree with everything you just said. And I can't help but think to myself that things that I've heard, like the interview with the Kennewick police chief and the groups that he brought in. There was one young woman that was talking about they want reparations, that she doesn't want police standing with them, because that gives a mixed message, because they're against the police. And I can't help but think to myself that the communities that think that people are racist are they just want that victim mentality over and over and over again. And as long as people look at it and say, oh, I didn't get that job because I'm Jewish or put in whatever you want to put in. And now instead of just saying, wow, maybe I wasn't the right person for that job. Now they're a victim. They didn't get it because somebody didn't like their age, the color of their skin. Not that it doesn't happen. But when you start hearing terms like systemic racism, you have to think about what does what do they actually think? And they basically think we're born racist.
3: So appreciate the call, Debbie. Thank you very much. Five, four, seven, one, six, ten is the number five, four, seven, one, six, ten. This this notion and Debbie hit on it, this notion of systemic racism. Let me let me let me preface this by saying. Are there racists out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's probably more than what we think. Okay. Are all white people racist? No. No. Because I'm a white guy and I'm not racist. Rob, you're a white guy. Pretty sure you're not a racist either. No. So there's two. So now we're on. We're now it's just going to snowball from here. There we've got two. So the the systemic racism. You know, I I, I want to touch on something if I could, really quick, about what another thing that Debbie said because it 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 sparked something in my brain. That, and I'm going to tread lightly because you know I I hate to paint with a broad brush. I I, I don't. I refuse to lump everybody into into one category. However, I can't ignore the fact that we have a generation of people who went through life so far with an idea that they're entitled to certain things, that the rules don't apply to them, that they want their safe spaces They want, uh, you know, no police around. They want uh, things the way they want it, nice and comfortable. They want things handed to them. They don't necessarily want to work, at least not too hard, for, for the things that others have worked their whole lives for. This entitled group, many of them are the same people who are involved in this discussion. And I think that is part of the problem, too. Five four seven one six ten is the number if you'd like to get involved. Going right back to the phones. You're
1: up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 k What's your name? Where are you calling from?
5: Yeah, this is Art from Kennewick. I think, you know, he, God, he put us on this earth. Uh, you know, different colors, nationalities, and so forth. to See how we could get along. And uh, a lot of times we haven't done too good on this. And I know there's been some definite white racism uh, you could call that with what the police officer done and that's shameful but is it also too there's racism on other races too beside the white i'm just throwing the question out there maybe somebody has more insight than i do i i think we all need to go ahead and get along and try and put this behind us and calm people need to go ahead and try and Settle the, uh, uh, settle the problem. Uh, uh, we sure don't need a David Duke in there or somebody, some other rabble rouser on the other side. We need to go ahead and think this thing out. Thank you.
3: Appreciate the call. We got an email from uh, Carla in Richland. Carla writes, the quote unquote diversity training and education needs to stop. We need to go back to the America is a melting pot. Interesting. Let's uh, go to this line. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
4: Uh, I'm Shelly, and I'm calling about the racist thing. I'm tired of hearing that just blacks are, that people are racist toward blacks, because you know what? It works for every race. White people are, face racism all the time by the black community. It goes either way.
3: Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, but again, I'm not going to paint with a broad brush. Do all African-Americans think that all white people are racist? Absolutely not. There are some that do. There there, there absolutely are um, members of the African-American community, those Hispanic community who, without knowing anybody, any, any Caucasian person, will say, Well, all Caucasians are against me and the white privilege and all this. There are some. Yes. But again, you know, to to put everybody in the same category, an entire group of people, you know, whether we're talking about whites, Hispanics, African-Americans, whenever anybody puts any entire group of people into one bucket for, you know, to, to easily, more easily make their point. Well, that's not right either. You want to call it racist, you want to call it sexist, you want to call it whatever. It's not right. It's not right. Individuals, individual people make individual choices and hold the individuals accountable, whomever they are. we Positively and negatively hold them accountable. But this this whole group thing... That's part of the reason why we're in this mess that we're in now. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
4: Hey, this is Bob. This is Bob. I'm from Thomas.
3: And what's on your mind, Bob?
4: Well, the reason that is, is, you know, we talked about all stuff, and you guys talk.
3: Bob, Bob, I'm sorry. Your 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 phone is breaking up really badly. Give us a call back when you're in a little bit better spot. I really want to hear uh, what you have to say. Uh, but man, it was it was just cutting in and out too much. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Victor from Kennewick. Hello, Victor. What's up?
2: That was an American laying there with his, with the knee on his neck. That was a person. It could have been anybody the that's truth it, it, it could have been anybody
3: it, nobody should be treated like that
1: absolutely not you're, not a, you're absolutely right victor it, it could have been anybody and i think that's the one thing that we've lost sight of in this it's that there isn't anybody that said the opposite there isn't anyone that looked at that and said that was okay no, not ever- a single person has looked at that video and said what happened there was correct. Everyone has condemned it.
0: Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin A., presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610kona.
1: Back at the bottom line, news radio 610-KONA. Hey, have you looked at your roof lately, and does it look like maybe, just maybe, you're thinking to yourself, I might need a new one. Well, don't necessarily get a new one just yet. Not just yet. Call RoofMax first. Have them come over. They'll give you a free quote, free estimate. They'll even tell you if you need a new roof. They won't say, just use our product. No, they'll tell you if you need a new roof, but if you don't, their application could get you 5, 10, maybe 15 more years of life out of your roof. It is a product developed at Patel, along with Ohio State University, that basically nourishes your shingles. It puts a lot of those essential oils back into your shingles so that they continue to protect your home through the blazing summers and the really cold winters that we can get here in the Tri-Cities. Contact Roof Max today for a free quote, a free estimate, if there's any shingles that are out of place. Any shingles that are missing, they'll replace them. They'll do that work for you, too. But before you decide to buy a new roof, contact RoofMax because it could only cost you 15 to 20% the cost of a new roof to get a RoofMax application that will last 5, 10, 15 years and give you a little bit more life on your current roof. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Mr. Duke Mitchell will join us. Mr. Mitchell has been active for decades in the Tri-Cities community and outside the Tri-Cities community um, in promoting awareness and also um, having those hard discussions with people for decades regarding race relations. Um, So Mr. Mitchell, very happy he's going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour to talk about uh, the situation at hand and, of course, um, how we can make things better what are the things that we can do so looking forward to talking with mr duke mitchell uh in just a few minutes here on the bottom line um we also have to get a qualifier for our news radio 610k and a stimulus coming up here but we'll go to the phones real quick and then we'll look to do that you're up on the bottom line what's your name where are you calling from
5: yeah hey this is chris from what's up chris hey when he's uh all these groups got together, these uh, city managers and planners and mayors and whatnot, got together and decided they were going to start defunding police departments. I thought that was a great idea. I wonder if any of them ever wondered what might happen if there's another Parkland, or if any of them even remember what probably militarized the police department to begin with, the 1997 North Hollywood shootout from Bank of America, where two armed men, Far out firepower, 30 police officers, injury 20 people, and, of course, the two perps were put away. Do you think any of this stuff runs through their mind, who they might call when this happens again? Because it will happen again. It's just a matter of time. Thanks.
1: Thanks for the call, Chris. And I I don't think those those
3: thoughts are there. Um, No, I mean, look, we've talked about this. How many times have I brought this up? Thoughts, feelings, that's what you know, but actually putting things into play are a different thing. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But
1: right now, we're gonna look for a qualifier for our news radio six ten K and A stimulus. One person's gonna win five hundred bucks this week. Arlie Flippins won it last week. He was our five hundred dollar winner. You could be the next one if you can answer this question for us correctly. What was the day that Jay Inslee's second proclamation regarding COVID-19 went into place? Was it May 31st? Was it June 1st? Or was it June 2nd? First person that can tell us qualifies. We're back with Duke Mitchell after this.